We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Welcome into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Thanks so much for listening. Wherever and whenever you're listening, it's probably beer o'clock, and we've got a lot of good stuff coming up for you right here on the podcast starting right now. Welcome back into Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris, episode number 41, Beer Names, but I think I just want to call this Names, Names, because I'm also going to add a second, there's two tiers of this conversation that I want to have that we'll get to here in a couple of minutes. By the way, thank you guys all so much for the good feedback and listening to last week's episode, the tasting room number one. Uh, It was just a really great idea that Patrick had. It was a lot of fun to record, and we're excited to do more of those as we keep going. We got a lot of good response on that, so very much appreciate it. Yeah, ran into some people on the streets that were just kind of like, this was great, I really enjoyed this, blah, blah, blah. Uh, uh, Great idea, da-da-da-da-da. You guys really executed. I look forward to more of those, so so thanks for that. And shout-out to my buddy Todd. He jumped off his motorcycle. I saw him randomly uh, on Mississippi. That sounds dangerous. (laughs) Well, he parked it. (laughs) Then he jumped off, and he was like, Yeast and corn. I was like, yeast and corn? What? And he was like, yeah, that's what makes a Mexican lager. Oh, interesting. So I was like, thanks, Todd. <laughs> yeah. So it has to do with the yeast, and, and I, obviously they make it in Mexico where corn is very, you know, there's a ton of it. And I very much enjoy. I know. He just said yeast and corn. Said it twice, and I was like, hey, dude. <laughs> What's up? I'm, pi- I'm picturing in my head a guy driving on a motorcycle, seeing you out of the corner of his eye, leaping off of it, having it skid into traffic, and he just yells out, hey, Patrick, yeast and corn. Goes back, picks up his bike. Yeah. Just drives away. away. As he's going away, yeast and corn! Flames shooting out of the exhaust port. Well, thanks, Todd. And also, thank you to the listener. You said... Uh, she dropped it off for me for finding the second in the Hellboy series, the Chocolate yep. Mole Stout, which is now in my fridge. There you go. So thank you very much, whoever that was. And uh, do you happen to know their name, or did they just drop it off? Oh, uh, and... yeah, it's this guy, Sean. Oh, it's Sean. Sean Lynch. His name is Sean Michael Lynch, in Ooh. fact. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa! I th- first, I thought you said it was a female, so sorry for calling you a female, Sean. <laughs> second, that's awesome that your middle and last name is my full name, basically. Let's go Lynch's, I guess. Um, I'm really excited to drink that, so thank you very much for dropping that off, and uh, I very much appreciate that for sure. Are you saving those empty bottles? Uh, no, I have not been. Oh. Did, you, did you want me to? No, no, no. I was just they're, they're cool artwork, and you're really excited about the series. I was, Yeah, I was excited about it more for the actual beer versus the art. That's one thing, and we can talk about this at some point probably on the podcast. I have no interest in saving bottles, mm-hmm. but I know a lot of people do. So maybe the fact that I had the first two people are like, oh, you didn't save them. And I was like, well, oh, I, gasp. I, I drank them. That was, I mean, I, that's the point of the beer, right? To drink the beer and try right. it and be excited. I don't know. That's just not something that really interests me. But um, so apologies if that upsets anybody, but we can also talk about that at some point. Um, thank you again for, for tweeting at me more of stuff that you're drinking. I've seen a couple of buoys come through on my, nice. on my tweets. I saw Dunkel from Bowie come through yesterday. Uh, so appreciate all those pictures and letting us know what you're drinking. And uh, yeah. Yeah. You I got anything a, on, on Insta. I got a great one on Instagram, but I can't talk about it because it's next week's beer of the week. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. All right. So uh, I don't want to ruin it. Okay. But it's an exciting one. I'm very, very pumped for this. I haven't had this beer. I've been dealing with some allergies, so I can't. Today is the best I've felt in like a week. I feel fantastic. Ready to be able to taste some beer. But yeah, I tried to taste some beer throughout the week and couldn't really taste anything. Reach out to us on social media with whatever you're drinking or any topics you think would be interesting for us to talk about. I'm at Mike Lynch27 on Twitter. Patrick is at PDiddy085 on Instagram. You can just shoot us some messages and let us know what you're drinking. And if you've had anything from what we had, I got a lot of response actually when I sent that picture out of the five beers we tried last week of people who had had certain beers and that they were interested to hear what we thought. Uh, a lot of people had had the Berelic, Juicy, Hazy, the double bubble gum thing. Yeah. And they were like, that was so good. And I'm like, well, when you listen to the podcast, you're going to find out that it was a Hazy <laughs> and that we were not quite as into it as you were. But yeah, yeah. hey. But I'm te- glad you liked it. Teach their own. Yep. Uh, and you are totally clear to have whatever taste that you'd like. Um, also, Cinco de Mayo is coming up this weekend. Uh, Cinco de Drinco. And it'll be interesting to see i saw a couple of other mexican style beers out there today when i was grabbing beer of the week mm. uh, that is not what i grabbed by the way just uh i saw them on the shelf and i went right this is the exact time that these kind of beers would come out yep. it's perfect timing so go try some of those out there there's some good really good breweries making mexican style lagers and stuff so go give those a try and uh Maybe it'll help make your Cinco de Mayo that much more fun or drunker if you want it to be. And Saturday is uh, May the 4th be with you. Oh. Yeah. Right. Always every year. Yep. Yeah. I'm a Star Wars fan, but not that kind of a Star Wars fan. Yeah. May the 4th be with you. Then you have Cinco de Mayo and then Revenge of the Sixth. (laughs) Is that just one you made up? No, no, no. That's a classic one from being just like completely hungover (laughs) after Cinco de Mayo. (laughs) Are you dressing up for May the 4th be with you? Because I know that you are a Star Wars like super fan. I am a super fan. I am not. Although there is um, a big Star Wars event at Imperial Bottle Shop uh, in the Hollywood District. They're going to show Star Wars movies and they have a bunch of bunch of beers on tap um, that uh, their names. Maybe I'll pull this up. This could be a good one for this because uh their names of these beers are all kind of Star Wars themed. It sounds like they've got a ton of beers on draft, and they're going to be playing Star Wars movies, and I'll, I'll probably make an appearance down there That's in pretty between cool. the Liverpool and uh, Timbers game. That's pretty cool. Uh, you can find this podcast everywhere that you find podcasts for the most part. We are on Apple Podcasts. We are on Google Play. We are on Radio.com. We are on uh, iTunes as Apple Podcasts, Mike. We're on <laughs> iTunes and Apple Podcasts. We're on Stitcher, and we're on 1080thefan.com. Wherever you find us, If you have yet to do so, please shoot us a subscription and give us a comment and a rating. It just helps push the podcast out to a couple of more people when you do that. So if you have, great. Thank you. We love you. If you haven't yet, uh, feel free to do it because it's awesome and it helps us out. And be honest. And be honest, yes. You don't need to just shove five stars up our face, although you can if you want. (laughs) Um, But (laughs) just be honest and, uh, and, and feel free to share your thoughts in the comments the here hereafter thereafter hereafter hair here here therefore after there Hey-o. on the uh, on the podcast list before we get into names this week's topic quickly our week in beer uh, i got to try a new place this weekend oh, which really? was very unexpected actually it was on tuesday a couple days ago and my wife and i we were doing this Tuesday night date night, and it's usually a movie night, but we, we weren't really feeling going to the movies this week, so we were like, oh, what do you want to do? And I was like, well, we could just go to a neighborhood that we haven't really been to and just kind of walk it and stop in a couple of places and have a drink here and grab some dinner there or whatever. Yeah. And we went up to Orenco Station in Hillsboro, which is a place we have not been to 
basically at all. And it's just, for those who don't know, it's kind of just like a brand new built up area in Hillsboro where there's tons of restaurants and bars and apartments and condos and stuff. It's all kind of brand new. And we were, we went over there to walk around and uh, Mazama Brewing has an Orenco station location. It is originally a Corvallis brewery, but it has an Orenco station location. And we were like, well, we'll go in there and try it. Sure, why not? And uh, they do Belgian style beer or Belgian inspired beer, but they also have kind of a large variety of regular kind of Portland style beers as well. Mm -hmm. They had some dark ones. I saw obviously a couple IPAs. They had a pail on there as well. So they had a full range of beers and uh, it was a cool spot. And I've not been to the Corvallis one, but this was brand spanking new, you know, kind of just uh, kind of like the other breweries, brand new breweries, clean lines, wood, cool looking bar. Do they brew there or was it just a tasting room or restaurant tasting room? Not 100% sure. Uh, it was a pretty small space, so I'm going to assume it's just a tasting room and a restaurant, but uh, that could be wrong. And uh, and yeah, that was a, it was a cool time. It was a cool spot? Yeah. Well, I've never, I don't think I've ever been to Hillsboro in my entire life. There's not a lot that you're missing. I've driven past it many times. But that is a cool uh, that's a cool little spot in Hillsboro if you, if you are stopping in Hillsboro. Maybe I'll check it out. Beers on the way to the beach. Yeah. Anything you, anything special you do this weekend? No, not really. I mean, I drank, but I couldn't taste anything. Oh, that's right. So it's just like, <laughs> hey, this beer's kind of good. Let's 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 be great. Yeah, you were telling me yesterday that you had this experience at work where you had this beer that you were like, "Oh, it's that's not so bad." Yeah. Like it was at the bottom of the of the keg. And someone tasted it and was like, ugh, take that off immediately. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I run into a situation where every once in a while, it doesn't really happen often where you get a keg and you got to kind of like pay attention to it, need to make sure it's clear and it tastes good. Uh, and I poured a bunch a bunch through and and finally got in. It was clear enough to serve. It was Breakside IPA. And I can't smell, which means you can't taste. So, of course, I instantly try to smell it. I'm like, what am I doing? I can't smell anything. So I take a little sip and... 99 out of 100 times, these kegs are totally good, but yeah. it's the quality control check, just to make sure. And even when I feel good about it, I'll still run it by somebody. Go listen to our quality assurance episode. Yeah, that, that's a good one. Uh, and even if I feel 100% confident about it, I will still double check with somebody else, just to make sure that we're all on the same page. And I tasted it, and I said, oh, it's a little, it's a touch more bitter than normal. Hey, what do you, Greg, what do you think of this? And he took a sip and just went, oh, God, no, take that off right now. <laughs> And I'm very, very glad I asked somebody. Otherwise, people would have had some very disappointing, uh, yeah. Well, thank some you. Disappointing beer. Thank you, allergies. Yeah, yeah, right. No kidding. <laughs> well, to just reinforce. Like right. I said, that kind of stuff for us doesn't really happen a whole lot. And I'm well, that's pull, why. You, that's I'm why you do the quality checks. Back a little too much right now, to be honest, but uh, it, it's okay. That's why you do quality checks. That's right? why we do quality checks. Um, all right, so let's get into the episode of the week, names. And I have two different tiers that I wrote down in my notes here, and we'll start with tier one. Tier one is a brewery's actual name. Ah, the name of the brewery. Right. How important is it? Uh, why are they named the way that they're named? And what do you prefer in brewery names? And I guess I'll start and I'll say generally, I could give two S's what the brewery's name is. <laughs> yeah. Because if it's good and you like the food and you like the beer, it will just become part of your lexicon. Mm -hmm. And you will say it without even thinking about, oh, that's a cool name, or oh, that's a silly name, or oh, I don't understand why they called themselves this, or whatever. Mm -hmm. If it's a good thing, if it's a good place, you will you will go and you will you won't even think about it. Right. I do think that having a cool, unique name is helpful. Mm -hmm. It adds a little a little something extra to it, I suppose. 
Uh, the first thing that popped into my mind when I said that was Bowie. Yeah. Uh, it's a simple name. If I mean, if they were called Astoria's Big Beer Brewing Brand, I mean, and, <laughs> but they were great, nobody would care, yeah. right? You would just be like, hey, I'm going to ABBBB today. Yeah. It, it wouldn't be an issue. But Yeah, you come up with some sort of... Uh... Some sort of uh, acronym for acronym. It. Thank you, like Austin Beer Garden. Yeah, ABGB. Yeah, yeah. But it's a cool name, mm-hmm. and they kind of have a whole buoy river ocean theme there, which is just kind of perfect, and it fits, and it's cool. But I think that's just an added benefit. If the place makes good beer and good food, I don't know if the actual brewery's name matters much. Yeah, I think I think the big part where it comes in, I think there's there's almost two routes you can go in as far as the name of the brewery itself. You have you have one aspect that is like regional. Like where are you? Deschutes Brewery on Deschutes. That makes sense. Yep. Sun River on Sun River, okay? Um there's also, you know, there's also something about that as well that ties in with like somebody's name. Tyler Brown owns Barley Browns. So that there's that kind of access. That stuff is kind of the kind of the simple, more straightforward, easy stuff. Then you have things like one of my favorite breweries on the East Coast. If you go back and listen to um the Asheville episode, Highwire Brewing, which I'm actually wearing a Highwire t-shirt right now, and my sunglasses are locked in the in the sports studio right now. <laughs> but uh they are Highwire Brewing, and their entire thing is like tightrope circus kind of themed so they tie that into their whole theme and that kind of works and then there's other places that just kind of have names yep and they work um i think the places that just kind of have names and they work tend to work because they make a good product right otherwise you need to be somebody like if if highwire made bad beer but you went in and it was this really cool environment and you know it was this they have they have like their mass production facility and then they have another location that's called the big top sort of thing so it's like you tie that in, that creates a little more of a, like an atmosphere, a little more of a culture, kind of almost almost a shtick to a point. Um, but I I think I'm kind of with you. I think sometimes I hear brewery names, I'm like, that's a really dumb name, but that is a damn good pilsner. Yeah, you know, so yeah, you just kind of roll with it. Exactly. That's kind of my thought was just it doesn't really matter as long as it's good. But I I didn't even think about that. Yeah, some some have themes to their names too, and if you go to that place, there will be a little bit of that going on. Mm-hmm. And I guess Bowie is kind of like that. Yeah, but, definitely. Um, but yeah, so that that's just kind of where I wanted to start with this. There's not a whole lot to get to there. I feel like naming a brewery is up to the owners, and if they have some personal thing they want to throw in there, then great. Right. If it's regional, I mean, Rogue is also regional yeah. with the Rogue River, but is that a it's the Rogue yeah. River, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, and it's also there's there's way more than just the Rogue River. There's like there's rogue everywhere down there, isn't there? There's like the rogue this and the rogue that, and it's like everything is rogue. Oh yeah, maybe I'm I'm not sure. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so I just wanted to start with that because it's it's kind of simple, but it's also important in its own way. But then we get to tier two, which is naming your actual beers. Mm-hmm. And in tier two, I have written four types of naming things okay. rules. I guess number one, simple. Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Whoa. We already said whoa. We did? Together. When? When we were laughing about motorcycles. Oh. I didn't even know that. I know. I almost slipped it in, but I was waiting. <laughs> um, Yeah, that is that is exactly one. Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. Right? I was going to say, any brewery names it IPA. Yeah. Right? Or Pilsner. Mm-hmm. Uh, Freem does that. Yep. Breakside does that. Freem, IPA. Yep. Breakside, IPA. Yep. So, that is that's number one, and... The way I look at that is it's fine. And if you make an iconic beer, 
that is really, really stinking good, then I think that is a totally acceptable name to have for your beer because it kind of goes past the point of saying, oh, it's a pale ale to, oh, I know Sierra Nevada pale ale. Right. Um, however, I think you need, oftentimes I think, at least to me, you would need a little more punch than just saying this is pale ale. Right. Because then you're going, cool, I had this pale ale from this brewery, but I have had 100 pale ales in my life and I can't really remember which brewery that was from. So I think if it's if it's the best on the market, then I think that's totally okay and it kind of sets it apart. Mm-hmm. But generally, I, I, I don't love the simple names. Well, I, I hope I'm not jumping the gun on this, but I think what's exciting about breweries that have these some of these iconic beers that give them names and if we're getting into that in a second i don't want to jump too far i think that is it's more exciting because then you can kind of tell if you see this brewery has this iconic beer and then they've made then you see a different name on that same style from that brewery you kind of go ooh, a different one as opposed to just seeing free my pa free my pa it could be a different free my pa and the the bartender didn't write it on the oh, in yeah, the tap yeah. room correctly or I something like that. Saying. But you would be like So in that sense you're saying that it helps that brewery sell their other IPAs because their classic IPA is great mm-hmm. and that's all it's called. And then it's like Freem Mosaic IPA. There you go. And you're like, huh. But again, that's very simple. That's just kind of like this is what the the beer is. Right, right. But it's like it it's like you give you give a beer an iconic name like Boneyard RPM. Like everybody knows that beer. Yep. And then all of a sudden Boneyard comes out with Hop a Wheelie. And you're like, whoa, that's not RPM. What's that? And they're like, oh, it's a new hoppy beer from Boneyard. And you're like, well, I, I, I gotta have that. Yeah, duh. I love RPM. I gotta have that. You know, Pallet Jack's the same way from Barley Browns. You've Pallet Jack for decades and not decades. Well, yeah, decades for him. Uh, and then you see a different Barley Brown IPA and you're like, oh, what's that? I want that. Number two on this is descriptive. Mm. Um, where this is, it could be kind of just the mosaic IPA, yeah, right? Because that totally. describes the hops that are in it. Uh, it could, Bright pale, another example from Freem. Yep, they they do a lot of these mm-hmm. before we get to the other other versions of names here. Um, you've got like juicy IPA, mm-hmm. right? Which is a, a good hazy descriptor or hazy IPA mm-hmm. for that matter. So it's not just a simple name, but you also are getting a description of said beer, a chocolate porter or a chocolate stout. Yeah, you're getting a description of the beer. With also just a simple description of what style of beer it is as well. Yeah, isn't Belching Beavers just their peanut butter milk stout? Yep. Or does it have a name? Uh, I think that is just their yeah, peanut I butter think milk that's stout. Just their name, yeah. Yeah. So I kind of enjoy those because, at least to me, then I know what I'm getting myself into. Mm-hmm. If you're looking at a can and you see that it says chocolate stout for me, I'll go, okay, I'll try that because I know what I'm getting myself into. If I see some crazy name then i have to look at the pick up the bottle i got to spin it around i got to read what it is you you got to you got to do more work to find out what you're getting into right and as a person who likes creativity sometimes that kind of sucks because it's like even myself i'll fall into the trap of like "Ah, i see this says chocolate on it i'm going to take this right now or this says imperial stout i'm going to take this right now um so but i I like that there's a little descriptor too it gives you a little bit more of Mm -hmm. a of a hint yeah yeah i would agree especially especially in hoppy beers um, you know, I want to know what you're kind of doing with this, you know, like, and, and some of them aren't full descriptors, but they're alluding descriptors, like to use Freem as an example, I think Freem is such a great example for this, the simpler, this, stuff. This, the simpler kind of names, uh, they're down under IPA instantly. I know that has Southern hemisphere hops because it's down under. Yep. So even though it's like a, a playful kind of way to name the beer, 
that name is still a descriptor. Uh, that that double yum from from Berlick. You're like, oh, this is going to be like a juicy, hazy IPA. Right. Like you can kind of tell already, even though it's not a full on descriptor, but it's an alluding descriptor. Well, that that does. That's another one of the things I have here, too. We'll get to that in a second. Number three, I have thematic where every beer in not every beer, but a lot of the beers in your brewery follow a theme. Mm. First thing that popped in my mind was Deschutes. You've got beers named after different places in Oregon. Right. Right. You've got Black Butte Porter. You've mm-hmm. got Mirapon Pale Ale. Um, so on and so forth. So that's one. You've also got Ninkasi does their dinosaur themed yep, beers. Yep. They love their dinosaurs. So I'm a fan of that. As I think if I'm going to pick my favorite, I think that's probably my favorite because not only does it tell you what the beer is, it gives you. I don't know, almost like a sentimental connection to that beer. Mm-hmm. And uh, for me, I-, I talked about this a lot on the podcast. For me, Black Bee Porter is still one of my favorite beers out there. And it's not just Deschutes Porter. It's Black Bee Porter. Right. And It's its name. It's iconic. Right. And because of that, there's like a little extra for me when I'm drinking it. I'm like, I'm having a Black Butte Porter. Mm-hmm. I'm not having a Deschutes Porter. Hell, they have a Baltic Porter now that they're selling out there in the supermarkets even. It's mm-hmm. not just that. It's their Black Butte Porter. I'm having their Mirror Pond Pale Ale. Yeah. Um, I mean, this isn't really a, a it's it's just general, but their Pacific Wonderland Lager, mm-hmm. right? It's, it's all stuff based on regionally in the Pacific Northwest and in Oregon. And I think that's really rad. Yeah. It's my, that's my favorite type of naming is when there's a theme to it and you can go and see all of them together when you're looking at a shelf. Well, I agree. And I think this kind of relates back to the brewery branding episode that we did. Um, and that that theme becomes part of who you are. Like the dinosaurs with Ninkasi is such a great example because even though, you know, even though you had that, that Triceratops beer was such a giant beer at the time when they came out with that, that you could recognize it everywhere. And you want to have... Part of those names and that kind of all factor into how your beer is viewed on the shelf from the average consumer, too. That if you have this theme that you can kind of already assume, okay, well, I've had Black Butte Porter. I've been to Black Butte before. Oh, that'd be cool if they named a a beer off Mirapon. That's one of my favorite places. And then, bam, you see it and you're like, well, I got to try that. I love Mirapon. That's my favorite place in the world. Yeah, I, I, I really, really do appreciate it. There was one that just popped in my head. Oh, Stormbreaker does this too. All their beers are related to storms in some sense mm-hmm. or weather or, mm-hmm. or they've a lot of their beers. Actually, I think it's almost all of them if you look at the... Right as rain, pale. It's all weather related. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think that's cool. It, it, yeah, shows, it shows creativity while also keeping the brand your brand. Right. Um, so I guess this is pretty related to the brewery branding episode in some sense, but... Uh, I, that's why that's why it's my favorite because it gives you that little extra. Yeah, I think you just have to be careful with that and in, in the names of your beers of not getting too sticky. You know, I think I think the geographical aspect is great, and I think that you you have your examples have shown that that is successful. I think you just have to be careful that you don't just get like kitschy and really bad puns and stretching it out to fit into whatever your theme is. Well, that kind of leads to my last one, and it's being creative. Mm-hmm. And I think in this instance, the more creative you are, the worse it is. Yeah. Um, like don't outthink the room kind of right, thing. Right, right. And there, there have been cool ones, like 
but the, it's usually one-off beers. Like I'll, I'll use Breakside as an example. You guys had a Yaramir Lager, yeah, which I thought was an amazing name because I'm a huge sports fan, yeah, and I I know Yaramir Yager, and I, he's one of the greatest hockey players of all time. Yeah, it's a great name, right? But I can't imagine bottling that and putting that on a shelf, and someone goes, Yaramir Lager. Oh, it's it's Je- Jeremiah Lager. Oh, it 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 it's tough. The, so a little history on that beer. Why why we love that beer so much? First, you know, we love the beer itself, so it turned out really well. But it was born at Deacom at the Deacom Pub, and they are huge hockey fans up there. Like the bar staff, the serving staff, managers, kitchen, all that stuff. They're all since day one have been like big big hockey fans up there. So when developing this Czech Lager recipe years ago. Uh, they decided to name it after one of the greatest Czech hockey players of all time in Yaramir Lager. So then the, fast forward to this year, we do a huge batch of it in Milwaukee. It goes on to the public. I'm serving it in the pubs. I can't tell you how many times. If you don't know hockey, that's a tough name. Jaramir, and why did you miss the E in Lager? Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. And so it it's great. It's a great name if you get the reference. And if you don't get the reference, it's just you kind of stumble through it. I don't think it really takes away. I don't mean our beer specifically. I mean a beer that name that is creative that somebody might not get the joke. You know, like uh, Stormbreaker had a House Martell hazy IPA, and you'd be just be like, okay, House Myrt- Myrtle, right? You know, or whatever. Like you don't have to necessarily understand it. I don't think it takes away from people ordering the beer, but it does make it a little clunky. Well, uh, it's different though. In in the pub itself. I think it's fine. Right. Because you have a list of all of that brewery's beers, and you've got descriptors with them. And you've got a bartender that's going to tell you what it's called. Exactly. Or a server. But what I'm talking about here, at least, is with just going to the store, going to the bottle shop, and looking on the shelf and seeing it and going, Oh, yeah. What is that? Yeah. Right? Like, why would I Why would I buy that? Mm-hmm. Um, another example of this is one that we've talked about on the show before, is Rogue's Hazelutely Chalk Tabulous. Ooh. Which is their Snickers beer, the the the, yeah, yeah. the you secret used to, beer used to mix, yeah. yeah. And they made it together, and it's a good beer, yeah. But I mean, what a stupid name! Yeah, well, he can't say Snickers, right? Obviously, right? But I mean, that yeah, that's, that's what you came up with, and you're bottling that and putting it on shelves. It's like, I guess it's like, hey, I know there's chocolate and hazelnut in this beer, yeah. But uh, really, yeah. <laughs> so to me, I think sometimes the creativity gets in the way of the beer on the shelves if. In the brewery, do whatever the hell you want. Right. Because, like you said, someone can explain it to you, and you've got a menu that has a description of the beer, and it doesn't really matter. Um, and if you're doing taster trays, then great. You can just kind of just circle it and be like, I'll try this, 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 and this, and it's fine. But if you want to mass sell a beer, then I think the simpler or the more descriptive, the better. Right. And I think there's, you know, I think there's there's some tricks too sometimes depending on your style of beer. Like if you put if you put a name up there, let's 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 try to create something simple but stupid like uh down in the valley okay okay it's just called down in the valley and it's because you made it it's a single hopped ipa that you only use let's say cascade hops from yakima valley okay but it's just called down in the valley okay and some people they what's what's down in the valley oh it's a single hop ipa oh okay can i try that or you just say single hop ipa or you can say valley single hop ipa yeah and then that's sometimes because if you get a little too creative in your name sometimes it might sound great internally in-house but then the person up on the board is like down in the valley okay i don't want that you know ooh, a golden ale okay um oh and then i'll just have the ipa you know even though that other small batch ipa might have been better 
So sometimes it's that tricky balance of trying to make sure that you don't, like you were saying, the being over creative. Also, don't outthink the room. Don't make it difficult for people to try to figure out what it is. And that's, I, I think there's a great middle ground there. I already forgot what that rogue beer name was because right. I was like, and I'm done. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't care. Um, that could be the greatest beer I've ever had in my life. And, and that, that's why I'll circle back and say the thematic stuff is my favorite. Now, it doesn't have to be a theme necessarily, but it's because it allows you to be creative while also giving you a great descriptor of what the beer mm -hmm. is. So in this random example, if you called it like the Valley Single Hop IPA, mm -hmm. then you get a name on it, which is cool. Right, and you can say, "Oh, I'll have the Valley," but in the beer name, it's a single hub IPA, right. so it's not it's not difficult. Exactly, and it it's funny because I always view creativity as a great thing, and if you're funny or if you've put puns and stuff, like it's great and it's funny. But if you're naming things, and I think with beer specifically, eh, take a step back and and be a little simpler, in my opinion. Yeah, I just I just remembered I I always forget about this brewery mostly because I, don't know, I just don't care for their stuff a whole lot. But uh, Mac and Jacks has a really great theme. They have their African amber Serengeti wheat with uh, with with the line on it. The Serengeti wheat, I believe, it has a cheetah on it. They have their two ton IPA, which elephant. has an elephant on it. Yeah, like that works. Yeah, yeah. And okay. you know what the beer is, and yep. it has a cool name. Mm -hmm. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. Yep. I think th that that's my favorite. What is your favorite? You haven't given. What is your favorite way to name a beer? It sounds like you're going with the simple or the or the descriptor. Yeah, I'm probably the simple or the descriptor. I mean, I I do enjoy as much as the next person something clever. You know, but I got to get it like Yarmir Lager. If I walked in and saw that, I'd be like, that's got to be a Czech lager. And whoever thought of that is brilliant. Yeah. And I'm sure someone's already thought about it before. Right. Right. <laughs> sort of thing. But so I, I, you know, I'm I am a fan of, you know, the creative names and stuff. I think I lean more towards like the down under uh, IPA from from Freem. Slight descriptor, but also its own name. Simple to the point. Let's me know what I'm getting into. Well, there is episode 41, names. Beer names. Beer names, brewery names, names. Oh, and for the record, everybody talks about this stuff all the time. Like, how cool would it be to, to, to own a brewery and get to pick out the name of the brewery and then get to choose all the names for the beers? That sounds so much fun. It's not. It's super hard, and it's really frustrating sometimes. <laughs> There's this giant. We have this giant list of potential beer names that keeps growing and growing and growing because you, when you read through them, unless you were part of the, like, the group of people that thought that was funny, they're all really stupid names because it's not it's just not easy right you know and if you really value having strong names for stuff it it doesn't come across as easy as you would think it's like when you look it's like when you think of a songwriter and you're like oh man taylor swift sure does suck i could write a better song than she can then do it you know right Th then do it yeah and i'm not I, i'm not a big fan of taylor swift i'm just using her as an example if that's what you think then go write a song if you think you can name beers Go name beers, and I'll bet you ninety nine out of a hundred of them probably suck. <laughs> it does. It, it it does appear way harder than it seems, mm -hmm. unless you're just going IPA. Yeah, it is. There is a fun aspect to it. You know, there is a really well, any, fun thing. Anything creative is Espe fun, especially if you can have, especially if you can have the name of your beer make sense, not be random like whatever that rogue beer was, but also have a little like inside joke with yourself too. You can do that as well. Uh, it's just it's just tricky. This is the name of your beer. This is what people are going to ask. They're going to say things. You know, and that's what they're going to say to people. Yeah, too, you know, when they're you spreading their knowledge. Yeah, you don't want to be like, hey, have you had bleepity bleep 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 from Blank Brewery? And it's like, what? What did you just say? You know, <laughs> I'm not talking to you ever again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can't just have. What like, did you say about my mother? Yeah, like Revision has a beer called Reno SF, 
And I don't know how they got away with that, but it is they it literally has the F word on their can. That's crazy. not even like like when Double Mountain did cluster F. Now it's just cluster. They at least had the pound sign hashtag for you youngins out there of uh, um, the U in in the F word. This one. Nope. It's just Reno as bleep, and you're like sitting on shelves. In restaurants that kids go to, like, you got to be a little careful, you know? <laughs> you do. Although, I guess if you can get away with it, there's a little bit of a power trip there, too. You're like, look at what, look at what we got. Look at that. It's yeah. on the shelf. Can you believe they did that? Yeah. Oh, my God. I can't believe we're getting away with it. <laughs> All right. We've got Beer of the Week coming up next. And I may or may not have already hinted at what the Beer of the Week is this week. So, stay tuned here on Beers and Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. Beer of the Week time here on Beers on Us with Mike Lynch and Patrick Harris. And before we get to that, you have names. You have Star Wars names. Yeah, I totally forgot to do this. And this is another interesting thing, just not to go on too big of a tangent. Some of these beers, I know this is not the name of the beer, but the brewery is kind enough to let the bottle shop change the name for the day. Oh, that's so, cool. So that happens from time to time. Okay. Um, but West Coast Grocery has a hazy IPA called Some Like It Hoth. Um, Logston Farmhouse has a Brett Saison uh, with mangoes called Mango Fett. <laughs> um, there is a cider with toasted oats, raisins, and cinnamons from Reverend Nats called Oatmeal Wookie. Um, what else? Pono has a blood orange and a touch of lime farmhouse called Uncle Owen's Tatooine Farmhouse. Okay. Um, Berlick Brewing has Django Juice, a hybrid hazy IPA. There's a Battle Stations IPA from Von Ebert. She's fast enough for you, old man. IPA from Level. Hmm. Uh, I'm in the IPA stretch right here. Ecliptic Return of the Jet IPA. That's a great one. I uh, like that. Are the are which ones have been not the right name so far? Uh, I don't know. Oh, okay. I'm just saying I've seen that. Well, I've I'm about to get to one, but um, let's see. Uh, Coalition Jakku's Delight. Okay. Stormbreaker Son of Django. Now they've they've that's the real name of the beer. I know that's the real name. That beer's been called that for a while. Uh Culmination has Attack of the Clones, which is their uh amber Mexican lager. It's modeled after uh Negro Modelo. Okay. But I know that beer is called Colmodelo. Oh, okay. But it's cool that they allow them to call it Attack of the Clones. Like that's really bad. Rad. Luke's Severed Hand, Roush Beer, Galaxy Far, Far Away, Imperial Stout. Mm. Um and then yeah. That's it. Cool. And then some other beers that that's just their name. Like you said that's Dark happening Star at Super Nebula. Imperial Tap House, you said? Uh, Imperial Bottle Shop Bottle on Shop. Division on Saturday from noon to 1130. And I'll, I'm probably going to get there like 2, 33 o'clock. Why not? Cool. I love Star Wars. Go hang, out, I, go hang out with Patrick if you can. Yeah, with a ton of soccer on on Saturday, I don't have a ton of time to do Star Wars stuff. So I'm just going to get it in the middle while I can. Let someone else put the movies on. Right. Although I was a little offended. They were like, we're only going to play... Where are they going to play? They're playing four, five, six, and Rogue One, maybe seven. Okay. And then, because those are the only ones that matter. That's not true. All right. They all matter, except for Last Jedi. They all matter, except for Last Jedi. And Revenge of the Sith is my second favorite Star Wars, brah. What's episode one called? Uh, uh, Phantom Menace. Yeah. Dude, cut out the pod racing and Jar Jar Binks. That movie's dope. Yeah, but that's like most that of the, the movie. That is the best lightsaber scene in all eight yeah, movies. Yeah, but most of the movie is the longest pod racing scene of all time. And it's a an lot, extend, of, a it's lot ex- of Jar Jar Binks. It's an extended pee and smoke break, dude. It was brilliantly decided <laughs> for adults. Like, oh, Anakin's going to win this. I'll, I'll be back in a minute. All right. 
little baby Anakin. Let's drink the beer of the week this week. And for the first time in a while, this is a beer that uh, one of us has had. And it is the brewery I was talking about in the beginning. And it is a beer that I got at the brewery that I was talking about at the beginning. And it is Mazama Brewing's Double. And this is the one beer that I got when I was there because I knew I couldn't have more than one. And I went, well, there's a lot of beers there that I want to try. But because what I've seen in bottles all over the place is their Belgian-style beers, the double, the triple, the quad, I have to get a double. Actually, I could have gotten the quad because that would have been right up my alley, but that was like 100,000% alcohol, and I was like, yeah, I'm driving. It's definitely not up my alley. So I'm going to go ahead and get the double. And uh, quite, quite, quite happy with what I tasted, so I wanted to share it with you. Nice. Thank you. This is definitely your kind of style of beer. Um, I'm Well, I, I thought it was more in the middle because it's not like... Jet black, dark oh, rich. Oh, I don't mean that. I just mean malt forward. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah. I know you love your malts. Um, you enjoyed the smell when you took a well, smell. Well, that's because I smelled something. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if I actually uh, enjoy the smell of this beer or not, but right now, Mazama, thank you. God bless you, because I can smell something. I'm still a little congested, as you probably just heard me sniffle, but I could. I smelt it, and I could smell things that make beer. So here is the description of the beer. Our interpretation of a rich Trappist-style ale with raisin and plum notes and lots of fruitiness you can come to expect in Belgian-style ales. And I think what you get right through on that first sip is you get that raisin and plum, bam, pow, right in the kisser. And it is a little bit rich, and it is smooth at the back end, though, so you're not kind of like stuck with this really heavy beer taste in your mouth. I think it's a really, really well-done double. I really do. Wow, I haven't had a beer taste like this in a while. Like anything. <laughs> but I mean, but this is really standing out to me. I, I agree with you with the plums for sure. It's definitely sweet. It's a little little sweeter for my liking, but it's it's keeping the body smooth and the finish is smooth. I'd like a touch of bitterness, I think, but that could just be uh, my palate always constantly wanting a touch of bitterness. Is, does this style tend to have bitterness in it? The no, because it's, no, it's like a strong brown. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was saying. Yeah, so, so it's meant to be malt driven. It's meant to have a little little sweetness to it. I love the- It's kind of desserty. Yeah. I love the, the, the foam and the head retention is really nice on this beer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think those are sometimes some understated things to just kind of- Is this your first ever Mazama beer? No, I've had some Mazama beer, but it's been a while. Um, I'm not going to lie. It's been a while. I, I really don't like the designs on their cans, so I end up not buying it. Although they they seem to be moving more towards it. It's a very simple. This is slick. I uh, think this is really cool. And it, I don't know if it's just because they're doing it on the double, the triple, and the quad bottles that they have out there. They're, these are what, the 500 milliliters or 550 or whatever it 500. is? 500. Yeah. Um, it's a really, really cool kind of labeling series. It's got like a faint Mount Hood, yep. either exploding or a cloud behind it. I can't <laughs> quite tell. Well, it's up to interpretation. <laughs> Ooh. But uh, I had never had these guys before, and when I saw it there, I went, okay, I'll try it. I'll, we'll walk and buy it right now. And I'm very, very pleased. And I want to go back and try, because they had a really interesting looking stout on there, and I want to try the quad, and I want to try their IPA, and they had a pale ale there called the Tillicum Pale Ale, or maybe it was a Pilsner. Uh, which I heard a couple of people order when we were there, so I guess it's a good Might one be a for go them. to, yeah. So I want to I want to give these guys a little bit more of a go. And if you guys have been to Mazama before, let me know what, or let let both of us know what beers you've had from them that you've liked. But I like this a lot because it's sweet and rich, but not so sweet and rich that you can't have more than one sip. Yeah, it's got a good smoothness to it. Yeah, I dig this for the style. I mean, I'm I'm not the, you know, I'm I'm by no means a Belgian uh, palate by. By any by any inspiration, but uh, this is good for what it is. I mean, I don't 
I don't really I don't really drink a whole lot of this style, so I don't have a whole lot to compare it. But I'll tell you what, I don't really taste oxidization. Um, I don't I don't really taste any big kind of flaws. Like I said, it's a little sweet for me, but it finishes really smooth. Yeah. I'd like a touch of bitterness, but that might just be my palate. There's kind of a creaminess, too, because of the head retention. Yeah. It's like... It's very cre- creamy. is a very good descriptor. Yeah. It, it, and some of it just has to do with when the head... I'm going to change how I say this. When you taste the head, <laughs> it it adds a creamy element to it that kind of helps cut some of the sweetness, too. Because mm-hmm. it is it is a very sweet beer. Mm-hmm. I, I will say that right now. It is very sweet. It is very forward in that plum and raisin and fruit flavors. And you get it in the smell, too. Right when you smell it, you get that fruit, and you're like, oh, it's about to go down right here. Right. And it hits that. I think sometimes I struggle with when a beer smells very different than it tastes. Because I think the smell is supposed to give you like an indication of what is about to happen. And if it's very different, it kind of throws you off a little bit and it doesn't match exactly what you're drinking. This matches perfectly. You get the smell. This is going to be fruity. You drink it. Wow, I like that plum flavor in there. It's really fruity. You get the the smoothness of the head and you're like, okay, good to go for another sip. Yeah. I enjoy it. Yeah, well done. Kudos to you guys. I see this multiple places. I've seen it at New Seasons. Obviously, I got this at John's Marketplace today, but... uh Keep an eye out for this. It's in a very, very sleek, kind of hard to read, depending on the light you're in, but a very sleek bottle. Mazama Brewing on the top, doubling kind of script in the middle with, I think it is Mount Hood in the background. Um, exploding. Yeah, it could be exploding. I, could think be, I think it's a cloud. It could just be a cloud, yeah. Uh, anyway, so give this a try, and if you've had Mazama Brewing before, again, let us know. Social media, I'm at MikeLynch27, Patrick's at PDD085. I'm on Twitter, Patrick's on Instagram. And wherever you find us, once again, Please uh, leave us a subscription and a review and rate us because it helps us a lot. We'd appreciate it. And keep letting us know about everything else that you're drinking and trying on social media as well. It's been a lot of fun interacting with you guys through that as well. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the episode. Uh, not Again, we're kind of flying by the seat of our pants right now, but I think next week we're going to try to do another on-location episode. Yep, I just sent a message as Mike was talking. It's going to be either next week or the week after. Uh, we might have a quick hit coming up in a couple of weeks because there's going to be a couple of vacations for both of us. So we're yeah. going to need to do a kind of a quick episode in there. Uh, we still want to do the music one coming up with Gustav. We just got to get that set up. And our next style will be coming up fairly soon as well. Uh, yeah, yeah. I was still thinking about that. So we have uh, we got a couple of things in the plans, but uh, our next could very well be on location. And uh, we'll let you guys know when that one comes out. Thank you guys so much for listening. We appreciate it. This is- T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.